On this episode of the Synthetic Logic Podcast, Nikos and I will be checking in with Nakatomi Freefall, a synthwave group right out of Canada. Let's get into it, and let's get synthetic. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Mike Murtis, and not with me on this episode, or at least not with me right now, is fellow podcast compatriot Nikos. And that's not because he quit the show or anything like that. It's simply because I am speaking right now because I am in the process of re-recording the intro for this episode. Yeah, this entire episode that we worked with on uh, doing the interview with Nagatomi Freefall was just plagued by all sorts of technical issues. Uh, Nigos and I spent an hour and a half trying to troubleshoot miscellaneous echo issues, uh, testing different platforms, and just a myriad of things uh, like just plague this episode. And we were finally able to get those situated out right before we got on with Nakatomi Freefall, and we thought all was well. And what unfortunately ended up happening was we had a bad SD card in my Zoom L8 recorder. So what does that mean? Well, it means we lost the beginning of the episode with Nikos and I doing the introductions, and then we lost... Uh, probably 15, 20 minutes of our initial interview with Nagatomi Freefall. So uh, first off, I want to apologize to Nagatomi Freefall because uh, we had a bunch of technical issues. We were making them jump around on Teams, and then we had to get them on Discord. Um, so I do apologize for that. Uh, thankfully, I was able to recover thanks to the magical science of data recovery at least 45 to 55 minutes of the Nakatomi Freefall interview. So um, the cut-in is going to be a little weird with it, but I'll do a little bit of backstory on it before we actually get into the interview part, just to kind of fill in the blanks. And we're actually going to take things one step further and play two songs from their brand new album, Strange Days in Terms of Phase, when they start talking about the story behind some of the songs. Now, this episode wouldn't be complete without one more technical issue. And to, to kind of just cap off our night of technical issues, um, they, as in Nagatomi Freefall, Corey and Margie, were actually uh, in the middle of a electrical storm where they were located at. Um, and it totally disconnected them from the ability to use Discord. And after you know, waiting a little bit to see if that would subside, uh, we weren't able to get connected again. So unfortunately, the interview kind of cuts off at the end. But through the power of editing, we will make this a great episode. And 
You know, our main goal, honestly, uh, when we interview anyone or we talk about any of these synthwave bands is to make sure that uh, they're getting their due as far as uh, being promoted. And that's what we're here to do, and we're going to make sure that still happens. So let's take a quick break here right before we get into the interview with Nakatomi Freefall. Kaboom! Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. Voice of some of your favorite video games like NBA Jam, Mutant Football League, NFL Blitz. Hey, I could go on and on, but I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to talk to you about a magazine that talks about me. That's right, it's called Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming. Hey, it gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there. Hey, I'm still here. And it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. You have time to take your butt off that couch, put a clean t-shirt on, and get to the show. Plus a whole lot more. Issues come out once every other month. Plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle. And it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, All right, welcome back, and let's talk a little bit about the background of Nakatomi Freefall before we get into Nikos asking one of the many questions we asked them during the course of the interview and what I was able to recover from our horrible, horrible, corrupted SD card. So Nakatomi Freefall is a synth wave music group out of British Columbia, Canada. They were formed during COVID 2020, and they comprise of both Corey and Margie. Uh, Corey, formerly of Porn on Beta, another group that he is working with off and on. So after 13 years, Corey essentially got together with Margie and they looked for kind of starting a new sound that was a little bit different than Porn on Beta. And what they basically came to was a retrowave kind of sound amongst the synth wave community. So very cool. They are looking to eventually go live, which is exciting. And where can you find Nakatomi Freefall? Well, you can obviously find them at their Bandcamp page. Easy to find, nakatomifreefall.bandcamp.com. Their new album, Strange Days and Turns of Phase, is now available on Spotify. And I believe it should be up on Apple Music. But I always say, if you want to directly support Nakatomi Freefall or any artist, if they have a Bandcamp page, that's usually the best place to go to do the purchase, and it makes it just extremely, extremely easy to follow them on their future releases. So uh, a little bit of my history with Nagatomi Freefall. I discovered them on Instagram, thanks to Nikos, and I got hooked on to them with The Boulevard. That was kind of their first song they put out on their band camp, and I was just amazed with the variety of instruments and sounds and just just kind of the general vibe it gives off. Um, I actually listen to the song during runs, um, anytime I'm exercising. It's also a great, great car ride tune. And as the entire album of Strange Days and Turns of Phase goes, it's just a continuation of the great stuff that's in the Boulevard. So the Boulevard will be one of the songs that I will definitely be playing during the story time section of this interview, as well as the Gunslinger. So let's go ahead and get into what we were able to recover from the interview. This is Nikos basically leading in, asking Nakatomi Freefall, hey, what groups, synthwave or otherwise, inspired the sound of Nakatomi Freefall? 
awesome. Um, so were there any like specific music groups uh, that you guys have been listening to while you guys were making this album that really inspired like the overall sound? Okay. Um, now I, I, I honestly kind of just write like that, like I wrote <laughs> anyway. Uh, basically when I got in to, to Synthwave in 2015 or 2016, I discovered uh, Carpenter Brute and uh, I, I was just like, oh, this this music exists new, like people are still doing this kind of music, but it sounds yeah. new. So I, I just kind of had a pin that I put in my head from that. And then when we started writing, I mean, I don't think our stuff sounds anything like that. It's much, much poppier, much less sort of dark wavy kind of thing. Uh, uh, but but it, it, it got the wheels turning. And then I started hearing bands like, um, uh, like partway through the album, I started really giving Oceanside 85 a listen, uh, the Neon Dreams album. And um, I, I've been listening a bit, but like they're literally down the island. Like I could, I could go meet up with Chelsea from Oceanside '85. Uh, oh wow! In four hours. Oh nice. So, oh nice. And and she's. Oh, she, and we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she follows as well, but some of her um, some of her uh, uh, effects that she would use, uh, not only on her voice, but like I learned a few things about how to dress reverb that I on instruments that I hadn't before okay. uh, from listening to her production style. And um, one of the first things I did also uh, was um, uh, uh, when I was first got the Instagram page and I didn't, I, I had the tune ready, but not quite ready to show anybody yet. Uh, I was mixing the Boulevard and uh, I, um, I was listening to, um, and I'm worried I'm going to say her name wrong because I've never said it out loud. I've only read it. So I apologize if I screw this up, but, uh, Lau Ferris, L-A-U. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. And, um, uh, I, I heard, uh, one of her songs, um, uh, we had magic and the way the reverb was on that song, I needed to know. So I just messaged her straight and I'm like, Hey, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And uh, I, I asked her. Uh, I also got really helpful tips uh, reaching out to artists like Megan McDuffie, who, of course, uh, is uh, guests on so many things and has her own amazing original content as well. So um, she she's a high professionalism level when it comes to her recording. So her um, her advice was very helpful as well. Uh, what about you, Margie? Uh, basically, I... Like I said, I've got um, 80s playing constantly. I'm very influenced by arrhythmics and new wave, that kind of thing. But um, really, I'm new to the genre. Um, Corey kind of introduced me, and he's like, it's been around for a decade. Where have you been? And I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, so I've, just started, I've just started looking around online now uh, in between my many jobs. And I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. It is, um, the community is amazing and, um, yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Fine. Like everybody wants to help each other and you don't, you don't get that in a lot of, uh, in a lot of areas I find. And yeah, everybody's so friendly and it's just, I, I, I'm very thrilled with it and I'm really enjoying it. There's this one person, Corey Abbas, he's really cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. I'm just having a blast with it. It's fun, and every time I I come over, he um, starts showing me um, new bands that you know he's mad, and and it's it's actually a lot of fun. But yeah, really, really I, I'm influenced by so many. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty amazed by like how accepting the synthwave like family and group just on Instagram has been. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool. crazy. Like I honestly, of all the social media platforms, you know, I I've never encountered a single negative person. I can honestly say that. Like I really haven't said, seen anybody like bashing anybody or even mean like you know comments or anything. Everything's been really supportive and really. Uh, it's just been really nice to see, especially with everything that's going on. It's nice. Yeah, uh, it's 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 really uncanny because especially coming up in bands uh, in the '90s and stuff where everybody was just either too cool for school or trying to trying yeah. to act like they didn't care. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or, absolutely. It's all very backstabby in a lot of ways, right? And uh, I don't feel this at all. Like I feel like when I like hashtags synth fam like i feel like like those people like everybody is just into it like like i i i can't wait to do collaborations right like like uh, i mean for those little habits <laughs> i think uh, i think you guys need to collaborate yeah <laughs> i'd be down i'd be down I'm, for I'm it down for that. Down, absolutely I, I was i i played uh, uh just before the interview started just a. Uh, get March uh, familiar with your stuff, Mike. Uh, I, um, I I played her uh, Stingray special. Oh, okay. So, uh, and, yeah, and, I, and I'm like, I like his vocals. I think he should do a song with you, kind of thing. But, but yes, <laughs> yeah, just be like, uh, I love it. Dreaming, right? So, Definitely. But, I mean, we live in an age where it's really easy to do this. To go, okay, oh, yeah. it's 120 per minute. Here's a track. Go. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be more than willing to do that, you know, vocals or instruments or even to just have fun. Um, you know, in in my opinion, you know, like you said, the synth fam community has been so willing to work with people and help people. Um, I've I've collaborated yeah. with peoples in different genres before, and sometimes it's just like bulls, like trying to because hey, everyone wants it this way or that way. Like it's it's just. Uh, I don't know. There's something about synthwave. It's just far more open and collaborative, uh, and, and people are, are really, like yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like there's no ego in it. Like it feels like everybody's kind of doing it. You know, they're willing to, I guess, with a little bit of cheese. You know, like they're willing to have some fun with it. Everybody's, you know, enjoying what they're doing, and I think that is what the genre lends to. The music is you can just you can do whatever you want and everybody's into it. Yeah, you know that's wild. And, I love that. Like like I love watching guys who uh, really put the performance mm -hmm. end of the retro into it. Guys like Ace Marino mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's and amazing. just like it's it's just like oh like you you're just you're just being you and it sells <laughs> itself. Like it's just it's just <laughs> awesome, amazing. right? Like it's it's um. Uh, uh, I can I can think of uh, uh, the one thing I the only thing I find uh, and it's not a negative it's just a thing is the overwhelming amount of good synthwave that's out out there and I'm trying to like digest it all and then uh, I, I my my playlist is bloated right like it's, <laughs> it, it, I, I've, I've got like like a thousand songs almost not a thousand exaggerating but still it's just like everybody's just everybody's doing a different thing too like some people have saxes some people. Uh, use more guitars. Um, some people take it in a metal direction. Uh, um, if, if I'm if I'm driving fast, I need to be listening to some dark wave. Like, oh yeah. Like... yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. The one thing I do find though is there's nothing I don't there's nothing I don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same. Like yeah. everything 
everything he sends me, I'm like, yes, okay, more of this. And then he'll send me something else that's like, it's different. I love it. Let's keep going. And um, just amazing singers too. Like everyone's yeah. so different, but um, but it all works. And it's just, it's lovely to hear people just embracing this. Like I'm thrilled. I'm like, where has this been all my life? Yeah. Yeah. That Honestly, it's just a thing. Half of what's getting mm-hmm. me through sort of almost mental health changes in COVID yeah. is being able to like, open up onto a synth wave for sure yeah it it blows my mind just like like you said like how many different kind of like subgenres there are into synth wave and how you kind of get that occasional crossover from synth wave to like vapor wave like the kind of fit like in the middle um and just all the different singers like the singers are so amazing and for me i don't know if you guys like to do this but i love just sitting listening and going if you could go back in time Right. And, you know, go to a radio station and be like, you know, hey, listen, put this next track. This is from uh, Nakatomi Free Fall. Just just go ahead and play it, you know, right after this Billy Idol track or right after this New Order track. Um, And they'd probably play it. Right. And everyone would be like, yeah, yeah. You know, this totally fits within that genre. This is cool. It sounds great. Like, I love just listening going i i could imagine myself as a little kid back in the early 1980s and going okay this fits right next into depeche mode or new order or Kraftwerk." um because for me as a kid like when i started making this music later i was like like man i was born like in the wrong like decade if i could have been like born like 10 years sooner and got to the 80s and like give me a synthesizer let me start writing like maybe i would have had a one-hit wonder who knows, but uh, it, it, it's nice because this is uh, the synthwave is like that 80s resurgent, but of course it's got its its own twist and its own take on it, which is just awesome. Yeah, the the uh, it, it's it, it's I, I like that it can transport and still be new at the same time. So it can transport you back, but it still leaves enough of you in the present to be grounded. Like 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 like. It's not like an extreme case of like like I take a weak '80s bender and I come back and I'm wearing like <laughs> a, I'm wearing like like full acid wash and a Def Leppard patch and <laughs> that's and, not true. And, He's got spandex. I don't want to talk. About. <laughs> we did we did an awesome <laughs> '80s night when we were playing the bar and uh, we I'll were never all live it down. we were all dressed up. Uh, for 80s, and this was in the 90s when the 80s were to be mocked, right? Not oh, to yeah. be appreciated. Uh, yeah. But we we brought the house down with our version of Final Camp. Oh yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I will never have a day like that again. <laughs> so you guys have the bucket list. It's okay now. <laughs> you can always add more to the bucket list. That's the great thing about this music. There's yes. there's always yeah. something you, like. I never thought I'd write a track like Stingray Special, for example. I, I, like, I go back to like 20 years ago when I started making music, and it's like I never would have pictured in a million years writing that track. But it's like one of my favorite tracks. Like, it's just like that bubblegum pop feeling that that's fun to write. I mean, you guys said it best. You get that that fuzzy feeling in your body and your heart, or it's like you know, like this is just fun. And yeah, it's you know, it's got the cheese poured on it, but it's oh, so good cheese. <laughs> Delicious. Who, yeah, who decided that cheese was bad? It's on pizza all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> the lactose intolerant people of the world, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm, actually, I'm vegan, so <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> I'm vegetarian. I can't live without the cheese. So. <laughs> There's always room for cheese. That's what I say anyway. <laughs> so going through Strange Days and Turns of Face, you have seven tracks on this album. Uh, for those of you who are you know, only coming in halfway through the podcast for some reason, what's wrong with you, you should be listening right to the beginning. But just in case you missed right, it... Exactly. This was released in November 13th, 2020. So uh, just a couple days ago, actually, uh, before this recording. So one thing I love to talk about with artists um, is the tracks themselves. Kind of go through the individual tracks and talk about, you know, what's what's the story behind them. Um, in the first track, the opening track in the album is Go. What What's the story behind Go? Okay, well... Go is kind of based on the okay. I mean, the one of the staples of of, of Outrun was the driving song, right? Like, the, but but I wanted to put like a little bit of a a new wave feel onto it and and change change the the change sort of the direction of it. Like <clears throat> like like when I I wrote the lyrics to that as sort of a. Um, We've got two people, uh, and uh, one's got um, has just had a really hard time of it. Has their own mental health issues because because um, I have I have mental health issues uh, that are uh, under control, but it's something I can relate to. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I just thought of it as as uh, the one protagonist is um, just needs needs to go uh and uh and drive they don't know where they're driving or why and then the other person uh the other protagonist intuitively gets the idea like ju- it just feels like they just feel for some reason they want to they want to go back to a place where they first met that person they're missing that person they're catching a vibe and the idea is that they're going to they're going to meet up and maybe they'll just keep on going right it's just it's it's kind of kind of just like a a less violent natural born killers <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a lot less fun. Anyway, that's sort of the, the idea behind it because uh, in in a lot of driving songs, um, the uh, like I love the lyrical content and I, I and I love sort of the the idea that other people put behind it, and I just wanted to change that a little bit so I wasn't I wasn't mimicking. I was putting my own twist on it, and then um, I knew I knew Margie's energy would be excellent on that song, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. I have a lead foot. Don't worry. <laughs> I can do it. No problem. So, you just got a new vehicle. I just got a new vehicle. So, I, yeah. You got less people on the streets, so take advantage of it while you can, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So totally how about really. the boulevard? What what really focused this uh, this modern version of the boulevard for you? Uh, boulevard was, was just something for... I wanted to. I, I wanted for us to have, be able to have a song that we could have fun with and still make that kind of, if that kind of from summer's past kind of song, right? But but just to have fun with the idea that um, there was stuff uh, that was unresolved and things like that. But something that just allowed us to um, be remember remember stuff like be be nostalgic and still. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to articulate it. Uh, just the, the idea was to just have it be like unabashed kind of nostalgia and to, it's like when we film the video, uh, 
was the, it was the same spirit. It was it was the idea of being like two people who never figured it out and were just looking for the answer to what it was supposed to be. And it was meant to be like a little bit of fun cheese, right? Like mm-hmm. that was that was the purpose behind it. All right, so let's go ahead and take a listen to Nakatomi Free Falls, The Boulevard. This, again, is available on Spotify, and it's also available directly on Nakatomi Free Falls' Bandcamp site.
how about and okay, so your album's got a lot of great titles on it, but number three might be my favorite, Conflict Generation. Now I haven't had the chance to actually listen to the song yet because again, I just bought the album today, folks. I'm gonna keep saying to buy this and support synthwave goodness because I'd buy the album based on the Boulevard City of Tears alone, to be honest with you. But Conflict Generation, oh, cool title name. What's the basis and the story behind that? Uh, I, I decided to because that was that's the tune that was um, that was rooted in a in a porn on beta demo, and um, I was I had been listening just over um, I'd finished recording almost everything and I felt like I I, I was listening to a lot of uh, a lot of instrumental upbeat stuff like uh, um, Dance with the Dead and uh, other kind of stuff where you could just picture it being soundtracked, right? Like upbeat, mm-hmm. high-paced soundtrack. And um, I remember that song, and I remember what it meant to me then. Uh, was basically it was it was written uh, or the, the the basic part of it, the basic the bass line and the, and the drums were written during the time of like uh, Hurricane Katrina. And uh, it was one of the last things that I wrote uh, with Porn on Beta. And um, when the lyrics had been written to it, the lyrics were all about just sort of everybody was like, like nobody could get it figured out. Everyone was like forgetting their basic human decency and everything. And um, and that was then. But then I I, I thought about at the time now. what was what's yeah. what's going going on everywhere, right? And yeah. and. Uh, but I didn't want to bring the lyrics over because the lyrics didn't fit what we were doing. And the, the, the vocal stylings of Porn on Beta are more um, sort of EBM kind of VMV Nation kind of sounding. Oh, yeah. So, which is, which is, which is just like, it's amazing, but it's just, it's just a little, little too serious for the show. You know what yep. I mean? Like, so, so, but, but I wanted, I wanted to produce this thing that got that more aggressive energy across and just, but also still felt like something that could be in the background of, some Stallone movie in the eighties where he's falling out of a plane and his parachute's about to open and that kind of thing. So, so that, that was that one. That was just me adding it, adding that tune in. And then I, I added about six new layers to it before it became an academic. So. Gunslinger. If that isn't on a future uh, cyberpunk soundtrack, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Margie about this, and it's 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 about being protective over the ones you love, and especially especially if you have kids, your uh, your kids and your ability to like kind of take a bullet for them, right? But but it really can apply to sort of any situation where it's it's someone you're you're trying to to help or save or something like that, and just sort of um, telling them that that okay, you know, I'm here to help you out, but you know, you've got some shit to figure out yourself, right? Uh, oh, sorry if this is a family sort of thing. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I swear all the time. I'll just, every time he talks, I'll just bleep yeah. over him for you. I'll take care of it. It was great until Corey started cursing and throwing shit. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, and then um, uh, I, I, I wanted that to appeal uh, to Marge's sense of how she feels about people she wants to like that. I mean, uh, I, I was saying to her earlier that uh, her vocal in Gunslinger makes me really, really happy. Like it's got a lot of feeling behind it. And it was, it was capturing exactly the vibe that I pictured. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have a 17 year old daughter. It wasn't hard to 
uh, you know, summon up this uh, fear <laughs> and just this feeling of wanting to protect and be a mama bear because she's seven. And so <laughs> it's really easy, really, really easy. <laughs> All right, let's get to the final song that we will be previewing on Nakatomi Free Falls album, Strange Days and Turns of Phase. This is The Gunslinger. Once again, Nakatomi Free Fall, this album available at Bandcamp as well as Spotify. Here is The Gunslinger.
it's nice hearing the stories behind the tracks before I get to listen to some of them because now yeah. I kind of get to picture it from like two different views, which is really, really cool. Um, City of Tears definitely want to keep going on like the, what the focus and what the story was of that. But I also want to talk about all the different types of instrumentation and samples that were used in that because that track, um, on the whole, now again, I haven't listened to the whole album, but of everything I've heard from you guys, I really, really enjoy City of Tears. It's a great track. Excellent. It, uh, from a musical perspective, the, the idea was to, was to see what would happen if you threw, um, all the Ramones, uh, into, <laughs> into a synthwave track. Uh, uh, as far as the instrumentation went, and and just just kind of let, let let them go at it because I wanted it to have I wanted it to have just this little bit of like a edgy punk feel, but but I wanted it to be have distinctly synthwave parts and riffing and give it given the, the subject matter right. So that's that's from the the instrumentation point of view. I know. Uh, you were, uh, as far as samples and things like that, um, there's absolutely no real guitar in that song at all. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's all, it's all synth guitar, uh, on the DG10 or, um, um, stuff that I've run through effects and bastardized from its original sound. But nice. it, 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 got, it got the, the vibe that I wanted. And, uh, I originally sang it solo and then I decided that no, I needed to, I needed to have Marge be a part of that because especially her energy, like if you had heard the original demo where there's a part where she's like, whoa, at, at the beginning. And um, I did that and it, it sounded like Jared Leto from um, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, yeah. He had, had uh, swallowed some nails and then... Um, I loved it, though. I loved it. it. I want to I have a... Chris, really. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like it was, it was what I was trying to do when I recorded the demo, and then there, then I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then, but, but then the middle bridge, Marge did it so much better than than I had planned it out. I, I, I just, it was one of those songs that I felt like it was going to be eternally unfinished until Marge got her hands on it. And then, uh, for example, when uh, when we go to do it live, uh, I'm. I sing both of those verses on the recording, but uh, but I'm playing around with the idea of maybe seeing if if you can take one full verse too, right? Like she doesn't know about this. I'm just like, yeah, blah blah. But we're putting but, you on the spot. It's but, documented now. Can I officially now. say no? You, know, well, you can if you want. Well, I just but... decline. No, no. <laughs> I'm just you can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Sure. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, okay. I, I should point out that I I legit have ADHD, so sometimes like I just go squirrel, and then I'll be like, so yeah. <laughs> So that's happening and that happens is that's me and Nikos' relationship like period yeah. like oh a squirrel and then we come back and go, oh yeah we were talking about this like yeah that's right yeah. so don't worry about it yeah. it's a great conversation until until it stops dead and all of a sudden your brain's like the test pattern uh, uh, in Canada we didn't have like the we didn't have like the Native American up top of the too funny <laughs> so let's see after city of tears we have rain chamber another cool title name so rain chamber i i i wrote the chorus for that in my 
writer's block period where I couldn't build anything except like a single verse or single chorus with one instrument or whatever. And then um, I was, uh, Rain Chamber originally had been about 15 BPM faster okay. and was meant to be uh, an instrumental not called Rain Chamber. <laughs> and uh, um, it sounded, everything I was doing with it made it sound just a little too much like someone else. So when I slowed it down, uh, I realized it was in the same key as Rain Chamber. I had just been diddling around. Well, that's not the right word. Um, <laughs> I've been fooling around with the, uh, um, uh, with just key riffs over top of it while I was playing. And then I, I played the, the riff I had had for Rain Chamber. I'm like, oh, okay, we're actually in the same key. So my vocal thing will work the same. And then I, I just developed a chorus and verse uh, around that. That song's really personal to me because um, it 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 was just it's not based on any one person. It's 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 based on a situation that I used to used to put myself in with people in relationships where it was almost like um, I was trying too hard, but rather than talk to me about anything that was going wrong in those situations. Uh, and, and they weren't all romantic. Some of it was like friendships and things like, things like that. Instead of telling me what went wrong, people would just sort of back up a bit, right? Uh, or or um, stop talking to me and things like that. So, uh, and, and I'm I'm oversimplifying, of course, but 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 so that's that's where that came from, and that's that's the only reason that um, that Marge wouldn't have performed on that because Marge's voice would have been amazing on that. But I just felt like I had to do that one myself. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then we come to the final track, Distance. Di wow, Distant Lights. Yes. Uh, that's the first song we recorded it, wasn't it? Oh. So, so, so uh, it was that. That was kind of our our our, our tester, our litmus <laughs> test, right? Uh, and um, uh, that's probably when I had the most problems with vocal reverb and mixing and everything. I got. Uh, uh, I became quite frustrated with it, and that's actually when I uh, reached out to to Lau about uh, well, doing vocals and stuff to find out. And we kept the effects pretty tame on the vocals on that track, but um, it was just kind of before what we even, I even showed Marge the lyrics. We just started talking about stuff from the eighties, right? Mm -hmm. Or not? Or, or what was happening for us in the eighties? Because we didn't know each other then, right? Mm -hmm. So like all first experiences, I talked to her about. Uh, uh, my my one and only trip to California when I was 14, uh, to staying in Anaheim, and 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 she told me about stuff that had happened. Uh, and then uh, we just, it was just talking about like thinking about things from those days and not trying to paint them in a way that they weren't, just enjoying them for what they were. That was my take on it. What did yeah. you feel when you sang? Like what what was what what kind of things came to mind? Uh, actually, it really did put me back to uh, that time. Like, it, it, it put me back to, like, almost preteen when, um, you know, I was uh, just kind of fumbling around and trying to figure out who I was. You know, it just, it really, um, it resonated, you know, and I, um, I've i never been shy. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I've always been awkward. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah I think it was the beginning of the awkwardness um but it, it just I don't know everything it just it felt good and it and just even the sound of it really put me back to that that era and, and um I and also like yeah 
reminiscing and the nostalgia and, and everything. It was, and it was nice. And also Corey and I hadn't seen each other in a little while and years, years. Wow. And you know, life happens, right? We both live on the Island and um, you know, a couple hours away and yet it's hard to find time sometimes. And it was really just, it was just, it meant a lot to me just to reconnect and start a creative project together. Me too. And, um, and, um, so for me, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of got a little emotional too, I think when we first recorded because it just, it felt so natural for us. Mm -hmm. We have been creating music together for, oh my gosh. Well, I'm only 20. <laughs> so, I mean, I think what was I was like a psycho when we started creating music together. But I mean, like a couple de well, three decades. Oh, yeah, a long time, long time. Don't think too hard about it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so like, <laughs> don't think about it. Nobody do math. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we've been doing so much and so many different types of things. But yet, we both grew up in the '80s, and we both had these um i don't know i just i i like was really into like um miami vice and stuff like that and when he started talking about this song i pictured i literally pictured like neon lights um you know corvettes racing down a wet a wet road and um you know i just um it brought me back to you know staying up late and watching those kind of shows and just a lot of stuff like that and also just um, being young and, um, I don't know, just meh. Just good <laughs> stuff, good stuff. And it, so it was very emotional for me. And, it, again, it was our first song that we recorded together again. And so it just it felt right. And, felt right. I really like it. And I, I, I enjoyed that when we were done recording, we are like, okay, that's a wrap. And then, and then we, we would we were starting talking in these joke voices to each other like we would before. And then we're like, oh, I know, let's re-record the song as Muppets. You could be Kermit. Oh, yeah. And then you could be just Piggy. So it would be like, the EPSP lights are calling. <laughs> you can was always I, release it as a B-side. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you should have totally been Beaker. I could totally be Beaker. <laughs> The yeah. ultimate. I think we should totally review the whole album like that. Just all you know, Muppety, Muppety songs. Yeah, at one sure. point, like, every artist just has to do a track where they just put it out just to kind of mess with people. Like, I, I haven't decided what mine is going to be, but at, at some point, I'm just going to purposely put out something that's just really, really bad and put it out there and see <laughs> if anyone's like... Um, dude, like, what happened? Like, are you okay? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just to see. Or if people are like, that's the best thing you ever wrote. Like, are you sure? <laughs> so who knows? I may do the Muppet thing. I don't know. I, I may switch and do like a, a death metal it's thing. Yeah, it's something out there. That's <laughs> that's for sure. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, you got to send that our way. <laughs> definitely. I'll let you guys do the remix. <laughs> <laughs> Phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there's got to be sax in it. So at the end, the guy can pull the note and look in it because, it, it could, like, at the end of the Muppet Show, where he like looks in the sax. Yep. There you go. Oh uh, man. Uh, this may have, that's going to be our collaboration. I can already tell. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So that's some great stories that are associated yeah. with it. And, and again, it's great hearing the background. It's great hearing that there's just like so many memories and nostalgia. Um, because to me, emotion really, really helps like just kind of transform and help you write and help you get out that energy. And the genre is just perfect for that. How long did it take you guys collectively to, to write and release and master all seven tracks? Okay, so let's time to actually do math. Um, <laughs> let's see. So um, it would be well, I I bought the synth in May, and I had written the framework for Boulevard and City of Tears by the end of that month. So let's see if we're we'd be running from May and the last of yeah the the last of the mastering was finished like well, yeah in October in October so 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 not really a fast. lot of time really fast. <laughs> I think the beginning of spring break to the end of spring break which was yeah. like five months or something yeah, I don't yeah. know how long was COVID still happening oh yeah still happening this has been the seven longest years of my life <laughs> <laughs> I was I was talking uh, to uh, the artist uh, Neon and AON mm-hmm. and uh, 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 the one of the the programmers Sheridan her and I were talking about how since our our bands kind of came out of COVID that we should have like a separate subgenre called ISO wave isolation. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see on some of our posts we're hashtag ISO wave <laughs> just for fun. That's cool. We might have to just all get together and create our own like you know, when we can go live, like in person, like literally the requirement is that you either haven't performed live yet or you, you know, got together during the whole COVID period. So it's just like exclusively artists, like live in person for the first time, yeah. you know, that would be pretty neat. That would be pretty neat for sure. Be lots of yeah. Yeah. So this is a fun question to ask because you know between all of us, we're, you know, we, we come from the the seventies, the eighties generation. For some of those like young millennials that um, are, are you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old, and they find you guys on a synthwave playlist and they go Nagatomi Freefall, man, that's really cool. I wonder what the name means. Like Tanikos and I, it's like we totally get it. But to to give people the benefit of the doubt, so no one feels embarrassed, can you explain yeah. what uh, Nagatomi Freefall is? Absolutely, and it, I I love just on principle that our name has a tie to Alan Rickman. Yeah, you gotta say. <laughs> Hey guys, do you know who? Do you know Professor Snape? Yeah, yeah, and, and then and then work them backwards, right? Work them backwards. So, so Professor Snape was also Hans Gruber. So, uh, uh, the reference is is directly. Uh, I got it directly. I was looking for a project name because I had project names that I was going to use after Porn on Beta that just didn't cut it. And then I was watching Die Hard. <laughs> and then I was watching Alan Rickman's surprised-ass face as he falls from the top of the Nakatomi Tower. Uh, uh, he falls to his death. It's it's kind of the, the climax of the whole movie, and it's one of the spoilers. best slow-motion falls ever. So, um, yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Die Hard. Sorry, guys. Just ruined the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Still worth watching. I think I've waited long enough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 and, and 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 that's it. And I'm like, okay, that's perfect because that associates with um, uh, 
uh, great action movies, uh, the, the 80s, which is things that blend right into to Synthwave, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and uh, it also um, means we're kind of, if you count Die Hard as a Christmas movie, I guess we're a Christmas fan. <laughs> You're season appropriate. I mean, you release an yeah, album absolutely. in November, people get their turkey, and they're like, you know what? It's time to watch Die Hard, and then I'm going to sit back and listen to The Boulevard, Gunslinger, and City of Tears. This is like the, the perfect Christmas. Forget the milk and cookies, Santa. Bring me some Nakatomi Freefall. <laughs> I just want to walk into some store and ha hear the, the Christmas music playing, and then just... You know, the boulevard slips in there. There you go. Or like a music flute version of the boulevard. <laughs> and a 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. Yeah. Outside to yeah. scare away the children. <laughs> Keep moving, kids. Keep moving. And no backpacks. No yeah, no, no backpacks allowed. Yeah, no backpacks allowed. One person at a time. So, mm -hmm. so this is a great question, and it's putting you guys on the spot, and this one's for each one of you. You can take any track from Strange Days in Turns of Phase and put it in a movie. You can, it can be the theme, it can be during an action sequence. What song would you use, and what movie would it go with? I'll give you a couple seconds to, to, to think of this for one. Sure. Oh my gosh, the silence is deafening. No, it's okay though. It's okay. <laughs> I have the power of editing, so don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're go it's going to sound like you guys now. just like, well, bam, you just said it out. They're going to be like, wow. <laughs> so don't worry about it. it it's like okay. it's like those tests in school where there's a left hand column and D. a right hand column. D, the answer's always D. <laughs> Whoa. Um. There's a serious storm happening. A massive thunderclap just started storm and lightning. Wow. It was a dark and stormy it's night. Like a, that was like a good 10 <laughs> second long thunderclap. And now it's pouring rain. That's weird. Okay. I so, might be sorry. not going home. Squirrel. <laughs> um, okay. That was stalling. That's called yeah. professional stalling. Good job. Good job. I didn't notice. I'll add um, in the so, thunder uh, sound later. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it literally is like in school when you're matching the two columns and drawing yeah. a line between them. Mine would definitely be a John Hughes. Absolutely, 100%. John Hughes. Yes. Yeah, that, that would that would possibly be mine as well. Um, I would put... John Cryer, Ali Sheedy. Okay, so now you've limited yourself to... Right? <laughs> I was going to ask you, what's your favorite John Hughes movie, each of you? If you don't mind answering. Trains, Trains, and Automobiles, flat out. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me choose. Don't make me choose yeah. just one. That's so mean. I went to this shower curtain oh. ring salesman, Del Griffith, for Halloween two years in a row. <laughs> I love awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that gets the brain moving a little bit, though. I would, um... I would take, um... Maybe... I would take City of Tears and put it into The Last Starfighter. Ooh. I like that. I like <laughs> that. How about you, Margie? 
any specific John oh Hughes God. movie? If you had to pick one, what track? Hmm. <laughs> well, definitely The Boulevard. That's that's okay. the John Hughes movie, for sure. Yeah. And um, I would be the casting director. There you go. Oh, are you going to write your own movie here? I'm writing my own movie right now, <laughs> in my head. It's already happening. I already have I already have money funding right now. I have funding. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be a story about unrequited love. Oh, original! <laughs> it's an original. Yeah, John Hughes <laughs> is gonna direct it, but I I'm completely producing this whole thing myself, and yeah. um, I'm gonna star in it, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna star across from a young Anthony McCarthy. <laughs> Very nice. Anthony McCarthy? No, who am I saying? You were putting Anthony Michael Hall and Andrew McCarthy together into a super 80s icon. Wow. That could yeah. cause a rip in the time-space uh, okay. yeah. we got to be careful there. <laughs> Alternate timelines. I'm down with this. Oh, oh. I could have changed my answer. <laughs> too late, too late. No, you can't. No take-backsies. No, what is it? I, I would put the, the boulevard into some kind of waterfall. And unfortunately, that is where our interview with Nakatomi Freefall comes to an end. This is where the electrical storm struck and we were unable to continue recording. You know what, though? Despite the technical issues we had at the beginning of the podcast, uh, losing some of the interview and the electrical storm at the end, uh, I still think what we were able to recover from this interview was just excellent. And, uh, you know, for the parts that you guys weren't able to hear, um, it was a great interview. And it was great, again, just talking to like-minded people. And I really hope we can get them on in a future episode. So this is, again, my plea to you guys to make sure that you go out there and give Nakatomi Freefall a listen. Their entire album, Strange Days and Turns of Phase, is very enjoyable to listen to, and you should get out there and support independent artists. So get out there, help them out, support them, and hopefully we'll have some more Nakatomi Freefall coming soon. Hey, maybe we'll even have an Unleaded Logic and Nakatomi Freefall collaboration. That'd be pretty cool, right? So for this episode, I'm Mike Murtis. Not with me again is Nikos, but he wishes everyone well. Be safe. Take it easy. The Christmas season is almost upon us, but we will have another episode out before the end of the year. I'm Mike Murtis. Thanks for listening to the Synthetic Logic Podcast.